This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, maybe you didn't know this, I don't know how that would be possible unless this is the first time you're ever listening to this podcast, so welcome if that's you. Every Sunday you get a whole nother bonus episode of this podcast. You get me and Maureen all over again uh, because we do that for you. If you give at the five or ten dollar a month level, that ten dollar a month level, you also get a sticker in the mail because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. And I want to give a little shout out to a whole bunch of people who have upgraded to the ten dollar oh, really? level uh, in the last couple of days because somebody shared uh, their sticker that they just got in the mail because they've been a member. And I think a bunch of people went, "Oh shit, I want that kind of thing." That's the beauty. You got to be in the club to get the sticker. So join up, upgrade, welcome to whatever you're being welcomed to. Patreon.com slash says who my brain just kind of just shut off there for a moment. Also, when you're in the Patreon, you are actually paying for it because we, uh, aside from Blue Apron and HelloFresh, we have no sponsors. Mm. We, we've chosen to be purely independent people it's who true. just do this for our friends. It's true. And Dan makes an actual work of art every month. He puts a lot of effort into it. This last month was a lot, a lot. It's so good, though. It is. The My method for arriving at it was bananas, by the way. <laughs> because, yeah I, don't, yeah. I don't know how you actually create the art that you create. Like, you just learned how to do all this stuff. Yeah. That's just how I roll. Things. Well, I make things sometimes. You do. They're called books. And, hey, you can get them. I got another, I got two more reviews in, Dan, for hey, hey. Nine Lives. Got a starred review from Publishers Weekly. So now it's yeah. got Kirkus Reviews star, Publishers Boom. Weekly star. Boom. So I'm waiting for some more. And some other publications, at least one other, that they don't give out stars, they just give out reviews. And yeah. It's been very positive. So, so far, people really like it. Hell yeah. And if you haven't read the other books, you could just start with this one and it's fine because it's a standalone. I like that. I like that new thing you're doing. Yeah. I like a standalone. Well, it's not a new thing. It's not really a new thing. But I'm just saying, if you're giving gifts for the holidays, you're like, well, your book comes out on the 27th, which is fair. We'll be making a printable that you can just give to someone. And that way they get, if say if you do Christmas, and you give it your, they get a gift a couple days later, which is really exciting. Like, yeah. you know, all the gifts and you're like, hey, guess what? Boom, you got another one. Surprise. And you can read it during that kind of weird time between Christmas and New Year's. Exactly. I have it's a lot perfect. to talk about what I'm going to be doing during Christmas and New Year's, Dan. But okay. we'll get there. All right. Books. Books. If you would like to pre-order Maureen's book from the internet not from your local bookstore, though you really should pre-order from your local bookstore first. But and there will be an announcement about a, a local store to New York City that is going to be doing the pre-orders. I don't know why it's taking this long to confirm because I know they want to do it. Yeah. But there's some internal holdup and pretty soon I will be able to say the name of this is store. But Nathan's Hot Dogs? No. Oh. But what I like about this store, and I'm hopefully everything is going okay, uh, is that it's a collective. Uh, it's like it's owned by 
a really cool group of people that are, uh, it's very queer friendly. It's very people of color friendly. It also has a free community pantry inside of it. So if people need things, they can just come in and take them for free. So it's like a really cool place that it's going to be. Well, that's fun. So that's why I'm like, I really, if I really want to get that information out. And I have been every day just sitting there with a little poking stick going, can I announce it yet? And I can't yet. And it, it's making me a little itchy all over my body, Dan. Anyway. I believe whoops. it. Well, that was a, a side. Yeah. From where I was talking about how you could also pre-order from our own little bookshop at kickbezosintheballs.org where it has that book, all Maureen's books, and any book via a very handy search bar. Speaking of things on the internet, you can also go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com and get says who merchandise i got tripped up there because i was going to tell you about how we have a bunch of says boo merchandise there but i almost said says boo first instead of says who first because my brain is barely functional we'll get to that merch.sayswhopodcast.com Okay, so, all right. Hey, Dan, 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 Dan. Show notes, I finished the show notes. Okay, I got the little one to school. I got uh, the big one. I did, did he wanted Dan. a ride. I couldn't get him a ride, but, oh, he, uh, yeah, hang on I, just a second, Maureen. I'm doing my planning for the day. All right, I've got to record at 1230. You got a planner um, there? Uh, shit, that's 1240. It's, no, then Dan. I got to edit. I have a work call Three, but well, we oh have God, a, I have, we wait, have, a I have thing, three. Hold on just a second. A I have right four now, emails Dan? for this. Before I do that call, I got to get those emails out to make sure. Okay, the little ones that aftercare today, Dan? I got to get. Yeah, sorry, Maureen. I'm hey, just got to finish up my. What, I gotta, what, what kind got, of planner you got there, Dan? Uh, it's just a, just a little, you know, just like a, a little, notebook. Just a little notebook that with I got. With lists a, in it. Yeah, got a bunch of lists, and I'm, I've realized That's I've interesting. Left three two-thirds of what I need to do today. Oh, I, well, listen, that, Dan. That pickup's at 5.40. I know what your problem it's is. it's still raining, hey, i got to get the big one. It's, hey, Dan. Yeah? You, what huh? you need is some stickers. Now, I don't have any stickers in mind. Oh, that's the problem. You see, if you filled it with all these stickers. I know, but then, I don't. Well, let me show you. I'll get my plan. Uh, and let's, my planner's got these stickers. What the? You want? Huh? Uh, I don't even know what you're doing. I'm still in the process of planning. I've only, I'm only up to 5.40. Okay, that's pickup at five. Hey, Dan. Oh, shit. I got to get the falafel in before that, though. You guys, we're just going to have to start without him. Six. Uh, then, okay, then there's... I got to put the editing somewhere. In the Dan. Place, but I also got to work on... Welcome! All right. What? To says who? Oh, right. This. The podcast that isn't a podcast. It's, it's a coping strategy. Oh, did, was that the actual beginning? <laughs> I think so. Oh, okay. Wasn't that the beginning? Isn't that how we start? I mean, sometimes. <sighs> I'm Dan Sinker. I ripped out. I just ripped a little hole in my planner by accident. Trying Uh-oh. to remove a sticker. <laughs> Got to get a whole new planner. Well, no, I put a sticker in. What does in. that say? She crimes? No, it says, it doesn't say she crimes. It says sofa coming, but I put it on the wrong day. Oh. The sofa that we ordered, I don't know, January or something, has finally been made. Hey, hey. I'm getting, Supply we're getting the chain new. chain issues are over. The new sofa this week, but Diane, I live in New York City, which means I have a problem. What's that? I got to get rid of the old sofa. Oh, yeah. Now, they're waste. 
there's lots of charities. Yeah. And you have to write to them all. You basically have to audition your sofa. Wow. So you have to email them all and send photos and kind of proof that it's not full of bed bugs and ghosts. And then yeah. uh, nobody has written me back yet because they get a lot of people that want to get rid of their sofas. You can then also just pay a service $200 or $300 and they will come. Sure. And just take it away ecologically, they say. Yeah. They say they'll take it out for parts. By and ecologically, they mean they'll dump it in the river. You can also just lift it out and leave it in what the what's called the large item disposal area. But oh, I don't really? want to just throw it away. Okay. I want to rehouse it. The building it. actually allows you to chuck a sofa? You have to take it to a special area, but yes. Okay. Wow. Oh, Dan, when you live in an apartment complex this like with so many uh, all over the city, that's why there are sofas on sidewalks and mattresses and things like that. Sure. But I'm trying to give it a new home. Yeah. It's an okay sofa. Does it it's look like a little okay worn? Soda. It looks a little worn. Yeah. But it's fine. And I'm also going to rent a little steam cleaner so it's like all shiny to try to get oh, okay. one of these, these charities to accept it. <laughs> you have to like submit a resume. Basically. And people on Twitter are like, it's so easy. I'm like, it's not. I've already written to three charities. Be like, I will, I will rent a cleaner. I will clean it. It really is fine. Would you like this sofa? And nobody. It's it's so hard to get rid of stuff when you live in New York. You're just kind of stuck with it because nobody has a car or a way to get rid of anything. You have to stuff that fucker in the elevator. <laughs> All your furniture has to be the size of an elevator. But solution, Dan. Hmm? New bigger sofa that's coming. It's like a, a over a foot bigger. Oh, that's fun. How are we getting it in? Yeah. It's a sectional. Oh, that's I mean, nice. Two pieces that attach. Oh, it's handy. So we'll finally have enough room for on the sofa for two people and one dog that likes to stretch out a lot. <laughs> but Dan, that's me and my sofa. I'm trying to, I got rid of one extraneous planner this week. I literally took it apart and threw it in the garbage. Okay, good so job. So I'm, I'm making my way through. It looks like a bit of a messy pile over here, but it is actually fine. I'm kind of clearing yeah, everything out. I, can I what? can I guesstimate here? I'm seeing at least two planners. I think maybe there's a, a book of stickers below one and then are they sitting on top of a third planner? No. Well, I can see why you would think that. This yeah. one is actually being used Oh, that's as your a, parts planner? This is actually a notebook. Oh, okay. Like a straight up notebook. I've transferred all I'm transferring these million little notes into Here's the article I have to write. Here's nine liar stuff and research for the new book. It's all actually just a normal notebook, not a planner. Okay. So, and this all planner right. is the actual planner. And then these things are all, I'm almost done putting everything away. There was just stuff literally everywhere. And I've got it down to basically this pile of stuff, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> and this $2 bill. Oh, that's nice. So I have this $2 bill, Dan, because when I was born, apparently, or at some point when I was a tiny child, my relatives, somebody gave me a small silver piggy bank filled with folded $2 bills. Sure. You now, know, the traditional gift of a piggy bank full of $2 bills. Yeah. I got a, I got a little bank full of these. Now, these are legal tender. You can. Yeah. Now, for a while, I had like a, like a, my phone was a little wallet and as some kind of weird thing, I always carried this stupid $2 bill around in the little place where I tucked some money. Okay. Like in case I had no money at all. I leave, I literally had this stupid $2 bill. Yeah. But now I don't know what to do with it. It's just stupid. It's just $2. Mm -hmm. 
What do you what do you do with a two dollar bill? You don't put it in your wallet. It's too stupid. You uh I know somebody so our little one, seven years old, he just lost uh a one of the big front teeth two days ago. He does not fuck with the tooth fairy. Yeah. His very first tooth that came out. It took us two or three days to finally convince him to write a small note and include it with the tooth. Hmm. And then uh, I ran out to a bank and got like little, you know, the little golden dollars that you can get. And I got like five bucks worth of them because I was like, well, you know, he's going to be losing more teeth. And I think we gave him two dollars, like two coins, because I know a bunch of people that like novelty money is what the Tooth Fairy gives. Mm. Spoiler alert for people listening, Tooth Fairy isn't real, it's just the parents. Um, Like, so a $2 bill, I totally know somebody that, like, the $2 bill is the Tooth Fairy gift. Wow. In the case of our older kid, uh, it was, like, a dollar rolled up, basically, into, like, a cocaine-snorting dollar, oh, but, that, like... Yeah. A super tight rolled dollar and I believe maybe a pack of Pokemon cards. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Uh, but anyway, our little one happened once. You know, he kind of woke up. We put it like right next to his bed and was like, huh, never again. Like literally does not give a single fuck. So uh, $2 bill to me, that would be a perfect Tooth Fairy gift. But uh, yeah. If not, any of you, not for my kid. If you have any ideas what to me to, what I should do with this, I, I don't. I must have taken just one out, and I just have this stupid. I want to get rid of. Dan, I'm I'm using a loner computer today because my computer the battery died and it needed immediate repair or was going to yeah. explode or something. So they gave. I rented the loner computer, so I don't have any of my files. Like they're somewhere in the cloud. I could access them, but I don't have my full desktop. Right. I have part of my inbox. Yeah. It's like my identity has been erased, and I this don't know is, who I am or what my what my stuff is. You're like a, you are a, 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 a you are an exact example of why the Google Suite is popular because you can jump to anything and get it all. Well, I mean, I it is all on the like there is an access point where I could get to it, but it's right. just. But like Apple's cloud is a pain in the ass cloud. I have looked at, I have multiplicity of things, but just, I don't want to put it all on this machine. Right. Like some yeah, of it, I really don't, I don't want to put it on there because I only have this for a week. I, I was going to say the repair can't be very long. Well, apparently it takes a week. Anyway, Dan, I just want to get rid of all this stuff. I want to start fresh and I just yep. want this all to go away. <laughs> Kerosene and a match. Well, Dan, how are you? Well, Maureen... I, this morning, so we are now into the second week of Janice being gone. She is uh, in Colorado where her dad is uh, very sick, but has seems to have stabilized at this point. She should be coming back later this week, which is great. Because um, I, I would say I have been holding it together okay. Any day starts at about 6 a.m. And I would say I don't stop until 9 plus. Uh, at which point I watch a Netflix documentary about a British football club and go to sleep. But, um, but yeah, the, like 
I, I would say I have achieved a balance that is exhausting, but is at least a balance. But today, Maureen, it rained. And so all bets were fucking off this morning because uh, the teen who was running late was then like, can I get a ride? Because it's raining. Normally, normally he rides a skateboard to school or walks to school. Uh, but, you know, it will be a wet walk. And I'm like, I really can't help you. Like, I got this kid, like the little one is still eating breakfast. Like, I can't suddenly, I got to bring him along. <sighs> and then, so then, I'm, you know, walk a kid to the rain, in the rain to, to his school. I come back, I got to walk the dog, at which point it starts fucking pouring. Also, for some reason yesterday, the dog like jumped off the couch like normal and then just started limping. And I'm like, okay, I hope that fucking works itself out, dog, because I don't got time for your shit. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm fucking walking a limping dog in the rain. I come back. I'm working on show notes, but also I have about 7000 emails for uh, my main money job because my main money job has suddenly become all encompassing due to somebody leaving the job. Uh, yeah, do I'm need, not doing well. Do you need me to come there and help you? Maybe just, I, I could I be know. on little dude duty, maybe. Just, yeah. But I, we have we, had to sign up because I have a, I have a regular work call at three o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, uh, the little one's school lets out at three 30 and usually that's no problem. Janice goes and gets them, brings them back, you know, all of that. But, uh, we've had to sign up for aftercare because, uh, you know, I can't jump out of the call uh, in large part because now I'm running these calls, even though I wasn't really hired to run these calls, I'll say. But, um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> well, it's then, a lot. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, the season is changing. It is. Yeah. You, you complimented my hair earlier. I think it's, yeah, it's very, it really it's very looks curly. Like you had a hairdo. It's super curly. The highlights, yep. like it's very, like you're catching the light really Thank well. Thank you. The yeah. reason it looks like this is because it's like living inside of a cloud here in New York today. I don't know if you could, it's cleared up a little, but it was white. Outside, yeah, I like, saw a friend of mine who lives in Brooklyn and works in Manhattan and rides her bike. I saw a, a little video she posted and it was like riding across the bridge was like riding into just a yeah. like a horror movie. It was just all fog it everywhere. Is the, the fog. It is absolutely. Yeah. This morning it was 100% foggy. It was kind of magical but weird yeah so while it wasn't raining it the air was just in, it was just all wet then everything was wet yeah just complete moisture so my hair looks like i have this kind of fantastic like and when i got home it was totally curly just yeah, your hair is like yeah i had to peel my jeans off though because i was like i can't wear these because it's so dense and wet that you're just yeah. like, I need to get everything I was wearing off and put on dry things that aren't clinging to me because, oh my God, it's moist. And also not for nothing, just a little background. You guys, we've had to restart this recording three times because be perfect. something has gone wrong and restarted this over and over and over again. But that reminds me of something. Oh, good. Well, at least it's helpful. Dan? Hmm? Maybe restarting and resetting a couple times is good because I don't know if you've heard about maybe what's going on in the UK this week. Oh, we're going there already. Look, we're just going to do it. We're getting into it. I All think right. we should. I thought because we were going to have a little more banter. Talk no, about. I think okay. we should. I think Let's we should it. talk about the benefits of starting anew. Okay. 
Now, Dan, last week I was in Philadelphia when we recorded. Yeah. We're, oh, my God, that was only last week. Time has no meaning to me right now. Zero. I, I'm doing a lot of care with my family who have been gone through different illnesses. So I've been down in Philly almost a week, a full week every month. Yeah. Which has created a bit of chaos. Um, but it's fine. Like, it's fine. But things have been a little chaotic. And I was in the car home on Wednesday. I take this dog taxi home. And I was watching on my phone <laughs> during the ride, which is how I know when this happened. So in the UK, Prime Minister Liz Truss, yep. who was installed seven weeks ago, two days after she took office, the Queen died. Then there was an official period of mourning. And then as soon as the period of mourning over, they released this thing called the mini budget, which tanked the economy. Yeah. Well, things continued to go badly on that Wednesday afternoon. It started by her in Parliament. First of all, she didn't show up for some of the questions. She was asked to come in for questions. She sent someone else who said the prime minister is not hiding under her desk. Yeah. Then she showed up later. In the middle of this, she fired her home secretary, which is like, a, which if you don't know the positions of the English government, home secretary is quite, quite high up. It's one of yeah. the major offices of government. That person just got fired apparently for using the wrong. This was the reason given she used the wrong email. Hmm. She sent an official email accidentally because it, which is obviously not the reason they, she was just fired. So by, as that day goes on, they have a parliamentary vote about fracking. The prime minister has finally shown up. Somehow this becomes a conversation about a confidence vote. In other words, does the part, does everyone have confidence in the prime minister? They all have to vote one way. There's confusion. Dan, Apparently, a fight breaks out <laughs> in Parliament because when they vote, they have to stand in these rooms or on sides and somebody didn't want to vote for it because people were starting to rebel. The prime minister, who was telling everyone they had to vote for it in her party, accidentally didn't vote because somebody was resigning and so she accidentally didn't vote either. Perfect. But apparently, two people from the party grabbed a third and shoved him into the space. Now, the one was the health secretary, Therese Cafe, I believe is how you say her name, a cigar smoking, not, I don't think she has any background in health okay. uh, because one of her stated policies was that she just wanted to make antibiotics free over the counter without a prescription for anybody. Sure. Because whenever her friends were sick, she quote, just, you know, she gave her, her antibiotics oh, away and everybody good. was fine. So that was her policy. The other person, Dan, is Jacob Rees-Mogg. And we need to talk about Jacob Rees-Mogg for just a second. I love it. Jacob Rees-Mogg is a hard person to describe because he doesn't seem like he could in any way be real. Yeah. By name alone. Yes. He comes from a famous family. And it turns out that there was a dot. He was in a bit of a documentary that was shot when he was 12. Okay. And he's filmed... Uh, he's a student at Eton, I think, at the time. He's filmed riding around in his family's Rolls Royce. Sure. Being at, he's like, I just love money. And they say, okay. do, you ever, you, and he, do you ever think you'll get married? He says, well, no, you know, because she would take all my money. And then um, when he is, I believe, 27, he runs for office locally. And uh, the, uh, the documentary says that the, the locals were confused because he brought his nanny with him. At wait at twenty seven. Yes, he brought his nanny with him. His own, not because he had a child. No, his nanny. His nanny. 
He said, I don't know why anybody thinks that's weird. All she does is iron my shirts. Apparently, also, when picnicking, he she would stand over him holding up a book so that he didn't get sun on his neck. <laughs> when he's it, pictured as a child, he is also wearing a monocle. That is a child with a monocle alert. I love it. He is So he's just a deliberate cartoon character of a rich posh person. He's made, these are, these are choices and poses that he has taken all his life. Yeah. He's like a cartoon villain, but he has always been this way. He loves money and being posh. He has always been rich. His name is Jacob Rees-Mogg and he's famous for his pose that they, when you sit in these parliamentary benches, he famously sits like this. You're going to have to describe what I'm doing. Okay. Maureen is slumped about, two-thirds of the way down a chair yeah and then has her feet up against a wall like or what i would assume is maybe the pew in front just fully stretched out he's stretched on the bench i would describe that seating arrangement as the petulant teen it's or the rich person lean like he's so entitled that he just kind of lays down and lounges on the parliamentary benches anyway this guy was also one of the people that supposedly grabbed the other person and threw them into the, the voting lounge lobby. Okay. Um, so obviously this was not good. Everybody was like, holy shit, what is tomorrow going to bring? Like, there is no way that, that yeah. like, like things are bottoming out. Yeah. And everyone thought that she would be challenged the next day. And, and the head, one of the heads of the conservative party went to see her in the morning and she came out and said, I resigned. And that was it. So the prime minister was gone. Just like, yeah. boom, I'm out. See ya suckers. The night been- before she had said, or the, the day before she had said, I'm not a quitter. I'm a fighter. Not even 24 hours. Dan. Yeah. Not Amazing. even 24 hours. And she quit and everyone's like, okay, so that was seven weeks. Now what? And so the uh, conservative party is like, well, I guess we got to have an election (laughs) right now. Now, last time they took about six weeks to get rid of Boris Johnson. Now, on hearing this news, Boris Johnson, cartoon PM from right before Liz Truss, who was fired for doing literally everything, partying, being a general fucking weirdo. He's under investigation for about a billion things. Yep. He was in the Dominican Republic partying. Yeah, he got there's footage of him like basically running to the airport and getting on a plane. He flew home first class on a commercial airline. He was home that night. Yeah, he was pictured on the phone the next day because suddenly everyone scrambled. Yeah, to be the candidate for prime minister. Now, again, this was Thursday, Friday. So we're talking about the weekend then. Right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Everybody's chit chatting. Now, the, the favorite was a guy named Rishi Sunak. Yeah. And he had run against Liz Truss and lost. But what right. he'd done in the debate was when she pitched her weird economic plan that was like, we're just going to borrow $45 billion and give a bunch of tax breaks. And he's like, that's a fantasy and it'll crash the economy. And then she did it and it crashed the economy. And exactly the way he said, he seemed really smart all of a sudden yeah. because he predicted correctly everything that happened when she launched her terrible plan. Everyone was yeah. like, maybe Richie, but then it was like, it'll be Richie. Will it be Boris? People came out backing Boris. Boris was making phone calls all weekend. We're like, Oh my God. Oscar was convinced. He's like, look, if he can make it on. Now the rule was they have about, about under 200 or under 300 conservative parliament members. You had yeah. to get 
100 letters of support from their party members right. to be on the ballot. So basically, they could have a maximum of three. Right. And I think it's important to point out, so that they get to choose the rules with which the prime minister, like they get to make it up, basically. Absolutely. And so the first time, six weeks ago, they had it so that they chose, the reason it took a while, uh, post Boris Johnson saying he was leaving is because they it wasn't just a vote among the parliament members. It was it went to the National Conservative Party members. Right. So it was like it was a national election. Imagine in the U.S. if the way you appointed the president was if, you know, only Republicans got to vote. Right. Like it's sort of like a a presidential primary, except they're deciding on the actual prime minister. And you can do it. However. Yeah. And so this time around, they didn't want it to drag out any longer. And so they said, "Okay, we're only going to have members of parliament vote. And in order to get on the ballot, you have to prove that you have 100 people behind. Well, no, no. They they said in order to get in the ballot, that was decided by parliament. But then if they had two candidates to choose, then it went to the general population. Then right. it went to the actual public of conservative voters who would do, an, they would just vote on a website. But then, literally, as you said, they could, uh, I would have I done like a series of Taskmaster-style challenges. Yeah, they should have gotten Alex Horn in to, to, to how, make the calls. Figure out how to get all these marbles onto this roof. Yeah. Move that egg without moving from the spot. Like, you know, just... But you get, yeah, you get to make up the rules. So it was a wild weekend. Yeah. Where they thought that Boris Johnson, currently under investigation, could, and Oscar was convinced that if it went to a yeah. vote of the general population, he's like, they will back, they will vote for Boris again. Brits will bet on anything. And so yeah. I was watching the like meta sports book uh, website that combines all of the various British betting sites. Um, and they they bet on who was going to be prime minister. And there was a period of time, I think, on Saturday morning where Rishi Sunak was dropping rapidly and Boris Johnson was increasing significantly. I think he was almost at 40 percent odds. Uh, and then he dropped back again. I was convinced it was going to be Rishi or as President Biden called him this morning, Rashim Sumbak or something. Sure. Like he, Biden called a him for some- effort. He, the way he said it this morning was bananas. Um, but yes, so in summary, when we recorded last week on on Tuesday, yeah, Liz Truss was prime minister. By the time this released on Wednesday, there were problems in parliament. By Thursday morning, she resigned. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, everyone scrambled around and did a lot of takeout delivery stuff in parliament and made a lot of phone calls and ran screaming through the halls on fire. And Monday morning, parliament came out and said, it's Rishi Sunak. He's got all the support. It's going to be Rishi Sunak. He became prime minister today. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if we, imagine Dan, if our elections, if the whole fucking thing took three days. (laughs) I mean, even, even their normal, thing their elections are about six weeks long yeah that would be nice i'd be down with that the entire cabinet was re-scrambled this morning people that were fired last week were rehired everybody has new positions sure everybody dance now everybody changes like it there's it is 
it's like someone just takes the entire British government, puts it in a, in a like a cup and shakes it every couple of weeks. I, uh, I was born in the UK and forever I have, you know, I, I am eligible for UK citizenship as a result of that and to get a UK passport. And I finally got to be in my bonnet to get that UK passport at the end of August. And I have had three prime ministers yeah. since then. Yeah. It's uh, it's October. Yeah. Yeah. It is bananas. Yep. Boris Johnson, Liz Truss, and now Rishi Sunak all this year. Yeah. So Boris announced that he, he basically was like, well, I have 100 people that'll back me, but I don't think it's the right time. Yeah. Which seems like real bullshit. Yeah. Because if he had 100 people, he'd probably do it. That said, I firmly believe that he thinks it's maybe not the right time and that he'll wait six weeks when Rishi is out and then it's his time. I mean, because there's no one else. I think that if I think if Rishi Sunak ends up leaving and I think he'll do a, a plenty of rat fucking to ensure it. Right. But, uh, you know, when Rishi Sunak is out, then I think Boris is in. Who knows, Dan? I mean, they, it, what's, it's just a, like a whirling cloud of dust. You know, Dan, it's, the season is changing. It's get the, the it's getting darker earlier now, which I, I'm trying to embrace. Yeah. Uh, You're not wearing your glasses yet. Not yet. Well, we're You're, recording uh, it too. I don't, I haven't taken them out yet. My. Your little my, seasonal effect. My disorder seasonal effective glasses. disorder glasses. Yeah. Yeah, I I was reminded this morning when people were complaining about the lack of sunlight that the Senate this year passed uh, permanent daylight savings time. And I was like, whatever happened to that? Did that actually become a thing? But the House never picked it up. God damn it. We were yeah. so close. I know. We were very close. House never picked it up. And I think that it probably means it's never going to happen because, uh, <laughs> you know, the House is going to probably not be Democrat run. Uh, so that's fun. They could have the mother of all lame duck sessions. like November to January, just pass every fucking thing. Damn, the election's in like a week and a half. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a lot to talk about the election, but Maureen, first, January 6th committee. What? Has officially subpoenaed Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, finally, finally some progress. Things are going to happen now. They have requested that he produce both documents by November 4th and appear for testimony on or about November 14th, which is my birthday, Maureen. Happy birthday. Dan, we got you a good one this year. That's a good one. It's a good one. I think it's probably not going to get delivered in time, but it's a good one. In a letter that accompanied the subpoena, they wrote, quote, as demonstrated in our hearings, we have assembled overwhelming evidence, including from dozens of your former appointees and staff, that you personally orchestrated and oversaw a multi-part effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election and to obstruct the peaceful transfer of power. They continued and concluded with, in short... You were at the center of the first and only effort by any U.S. president to overturn an election and obstruct the peaceful transfer of power, ultimately culminating in a bloody attack on our own capital and on the Congress itself. 
All right. When you put it like that, it doesn't sound great. No, it wasn't. Remember how they and remember how they invaded the. Remember how they were going to kill Mike Pence. They were going to kill Mike Pence. They were going to kill that guy. That and man was a dead man. Yes, that was the thing that was happening. Well, Dan, now now it's going to get fixed, right? Well. I don't want to rain on your parade, Maureen. Hmm? But I don't think there's any way in fucking hell this is ever going to happen. But, Dan, subpoena. I know. I know, but his main legal tactic always is to delay as long as possible. And in this case, he only needs to delay, like, to January. That's like fucking nothing for him. Because there's not going to be a January 6th committee come January. There's going to be the fucking bananas Republican committee to investigate the January 6th committee. That's for sure. <laughs> be like Jim Jordan and Marjorie Taylor Greene and fucking Matt Getz <laughs> investigating the members of the January 6th committee. But there isn't going to be a January 6th committee. Hey, if you're Mike Pence... Time to run. Time to get that fake mustache together. <laughs> I'm Pike Mintz. Time to grow your hair long and get weird somewhere, my friend, because they were going to kill you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, basically, like, Congress doesn't really have major enforcement mechanisms for this. That's been the sort of Achilles heel of this all along. They can, they can, uh, hold a vote to hold someone in contempt of Congress. And then that gets turned over to the Justice Department, which then does its own investigation and then decides whether they should prosecute or not. That takes time in and of itself. We know that they can prosecute people for it because uh, Steve Bannon this past week just got sentenced to four months in jail for contempt of Congress for refusing to, to comply with the subpoena. But they have not prosecuted Mark Meadows or Dan Scavino, both of whom were also held in contempt of Congress by Congress. Uh, it seems that the Justice Department's uh, orientation is that they can't prosecute members of the executive branch for contempt of Congress. I was reading today in the Lawfare blog, they explain that the Department of Justice has long taken the view that former presidents, and I guess this also applies to fucking their former caddies like Dan Scavino, cannot be compelled to testify before Congress about their official activities. It recently reiterated this view in a filing regarding the efforts of Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to avoid testifying before the January 6th committee. Uh, obviously... There's a question of whether or not election rat fucking is an official activity of the president of the United States. But it seems like even then, according to Lawfare, quote, it is unlikely the Justice Department would prosecute Trump based on a disagreement over the scope of official activities. So. And they sure as shit aren't going to do it if there isn't even a committee to roll it up to if they were to, you know, prosecute it. So, uh it seems like they will just, you know, at the most, they'll file a lawsuit and delay it that way. Or they just won't respond to it. And then they'll just be like, okay, you know, do your thing. And then suddenly they'll be like, oh, shit, look at that. It's January 1st. Womp womp. <laughs> but Dan, it's 
Election season. It is election season, Maureen. We two weeks from today, we are recording this on Tuesday, the 25th. You're hearing it on Wednesday, the 26th. Two weeks from today, or if you're hearing this two weeks from yesterday, it's election day. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) If you have been, uh, and uh, for all good reasons, not paying a lot of attention uh, in recent weeks, the polls, which looked actually quite good for the Democrats this summer, have tightened significantly. Uh, polls now indicate that the House, which has always been expected to switch to Republicans, has moved from being sort of switching to Republicans with a very small margin to a victory to the possibility of a real route. So that should be great fun. And the Senate which all summer looked like the Democrats should not only hang on to, but had a real possibility of expanding their seats to at least 52, has dipped in the polls. There's a very real possibility of Republicans maybe squeaking a victory out, or much more possibly Democrats continuing to be stuck at that great 50-50 margin that we've lived through for the last two years. Maureen's just putting her head in her hands. All hope is not lost, though, Maureen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're close Senate races all over the country. Obviously, you know about the Pennsylvania race between Dr. Oz and John Fetterman, mm-hmm. which is at one point Fetterman seemed to have a very high lead. Dr. Oz has come uh, from behind on that one, but Fetterman is still polling ahead. Georgia's race between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker as well, quite a lot closer than it seems like it should be. Uh, Warnock very slightly ahead on that. Those two have garnered a whole bunch of attention, but really there are about eight races that are almost 50-50 uh, happening right now. The very closest race in the country is happening in Nevada between Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto and Republican, uh, whatever his name is, I didn't put his name in the notes, the Republican. Uh, that is basically a 50-50 race right now. There are also close races in Wisconsin, where Democrat Mandela Barnes, who I think is pretty awesome, is looking to unseat Republican shitbag Ron Johnson. He is slightly behind. He had been polling way ahead all summer. Ron Johnson basically has been running racist ads against him for the last two months, and that seems to have worked. Um, but he still is within uh, within striking distance in Ohio. Democratic president also ran Tim Ryan is putting on a considerable fight against hillbilly elegy author J.D. Vance. He still trails, though he's been gaining ground. So that's maybe a positive North Carolina. Cherry Beasley, the Democrat, is holding her own against the Republican Ted Budd, uh, but he is slightly ahead in Arizona. The Democrat, the literal astronaut Mark Kelly is so far fighting off Peter Thiel, acolyte Blake Masters. And in New Hampshire, where incumbent Senator Maggie Hassan is currently hanging on to a small lead above Republican Don Balduck. That is eight close races. Polling is currently split 50-50 between those eight with Democrats ahead, albeit very slightly in four of them, and Republicans ahead very slightly in four of them. Whew. Those are the eight races that will basically decide control of the Senate. But Dan, what can what can people do? Well, Maureen Johnson, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. It's like you're reading the notes. Yeah. 
First of all, have a plan to vote. Make sure that your friends and family, at least the good ones, also have a plan to vote. Maybe your not-so-good family members make sure they're otherwise occupied. Yeah, like give them something. Like, for example, why not give your Republican family a gift of uh, an escape room that day? Yeah. The one they they can't, they have a lot of trouble getting out of. Yeah, maybe plant a quick hedge maze. It's not. It's always fun to have a corn maze in your house yeah. or right it's surrounding festive. it. Right. I don't want to suggest letting air out of tires, but sometimes tires they lose their air. Hey, you know, it's an imperfect world. It happens. Yeah. Dig a big ditch in the driveway. People get super glued to doorknobs all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Shoes just disappear. Just change calendars. There you go. It's an easy one. Yeah. It's true. But early voting has started most everywhere at this point. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. I have already voted, Maureen, because in Illinois, we can do mail voting. And not only that, you can now request that you permanently get sent a mail ballot. I did that the last election and it rules. They just show up at my house and then I fill them out and I mail them back. And then I get an email. I just got the email yesterday telling me they received my vote. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, they have. In Illinois and also in New York, where you are, Election Day is now a holiday. Thanks. That's also true in Delaware, Hawaii, Kentucky, Louisiana, Montana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and West Virginia. 11 states total now have an Election Day holiday. If you have the day off, consider volunteering as a poll worker. It's pretty close to the election now, so sort of the official ones run by uh, county election officials. Depending on where you live, they might not be accepting volunteers anymore. Um, But candidates also often need people to uh, go to polls, to check turnout numbers, to do electioneering, uh, to drive people to polling places. So reach out to candidates and see if they need help on Election Day itself, but also more in the lead up to Election Day. Is where every minute counts. Obviously, if you have money to donate, donating candidates on the last push is super helpful. But also, uh, who has money right now? Not a lot of people. Uh, So is doing all sorts of volunteering work, like calling on behalf of candidates, door knocking, uh, signing up for other get out the vote efforts that local candidates may be running. Look them up. See how you can volunteer. But there are also a bunch of progressive get out the vote organizations that need help. I reached out to a few different people that I know that do uh, all sorts of different uh, political work for recommendations. And uh, they every single person was all swing left, uh, which makes things super duper simple. I went over to the swing left site. You enter your zip code and choose find actions. And then it gives you a list of things that you can do. Uh, There's also the organization Sister District, which looks for volunteers and especially uh, does a lot of things. If you don't like knocking on doors or making phone calls, which I understand, uh, they do a lot of postcard writing and text banking. The um, Pod Bros, the Pod Save America dudes that run Vote Save America is actually super great. I may talk trash about them every now and then, but they know how to run a GOTV campaign. And uh, Vote Save America is super great. And then there is also the lastweekend.org, 
which is run by Swing Left, and it's sort of a super site. The Vote Save America people are involved. There's looks like there's a dozen or so organizations involved. That is, and it's an org. It's a like snap get out the vote campaign uh, focused here in these last couple of weeks. So there are a bunch of things that you can do. Not all of them involve phoning people or knocking on doors, sending texts and things like that is equally helpful. All kinds of ways you can get involved and channel that anxiety toward action is good. Yeah, I mean, my uh, wife of Trump-loving relative has successfully talked Trump-loving relative out of voting for Dr. Oz. Wow. Yeah. And voting for Fetterman or just not voting? Unclear. I think voting for Fetterman. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, because it's Dr. Oz. And also, you know what actually turned it was Roe v. Wade. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Trump-loving relative does in their way, understand the importance of reproductive rights. Well, that's good. To an extent. (laughs) We take what we can get. Yeah. And that's what we got. Yeah. So, but I'm trying, I've been trying to think about, uh, you know, like, for example, when I go home to see my family, I am flat out taking care of them. It is pretty intense. Also, I am largely frightened of my neighbors. And every time I go down, there's something weird is happening with them. Seems uh, right. So I'm a little afraid of knocking on the doors. Yeah. But I find something else to do. Text. Text banks. Everyone loves text banking. Oh, I really hate it, but okay. It's <laughs> better than phone banking. I did a phone bank for, was it the election in 2020? Or maybe 2018. Where you signed up for a phone bank and you got to go to someone's house. Okay. And they're like, the phone bank is going to be held at this house. And my friend Julie and I went over and it turned out it was Vincent D'Onofrio's house. Wow. So it was Julie and I and one other person just showed up. uh, And we were suddenly in Vincent D'Onofrio's house. And his wife had laid out this giant catered spread for us to do our phone banking. Wow. And they're like, and this is Vincent. And we're like, hey. And we're like. For some reason, we're just, and I knew he lived in the neighborhood because I walked, I saw him walking down the street once eating a big sandwich out of a bag. Sure. So I knew he lived around here. But uh, yeah, so I, I did some phone banking. So you never know whose house you'll end up in. I mean, most of the time you won't end up in Vincent D'Onofrio's house. Yeah. You might, you never know. You do. And we were phone banking for Pennsylvania. So that's what we were doing there. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the interesting thing is that a lot of the organizations that do phone banking or text banking or anything like that, like you aren't necessarily doing your local race. They're using all sorts of data to figure out kind of where, you know, where it's going to be most helpful. Um, so I'm going to the very last things that the team did before the COVID lockdown, I think his school closed on Friday on a Friday. On that Monday, he phone banked for Elizabeth Warren's presidential campaign. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can look and see. Maybe I can phone bank out of another Law and Order actor's house. In New York, it's exclusively actors associated with Law and Order, which is helpful because there's like seven different spinoffs. So there's a lot of actors. Yeah. So you're probably going to end up at one of their houses. Yeah. That makes sense. I felt even going in, I was like, I'm going in like this is a it was a whole big house, like an actual house. So I was like, this is a big place for New York. This is somebody fancy lives here. Yeah. It was Vincent. Oh, so they don't tell you. 
I got a I got a name and I didn't recognize his wife's name. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was running the phone bank, was her house. Was he making calls too? No, he was just eating like, a big sandwich. Were, like their kids were there. I think he was doing some work upstairs or make it, maybe helping someone with homework or something. It yeah. was just like a normal school night. And they do have a couple people from the from the Democratic Party where they're just like supervising. Yeah. To make sure, you know, that you're not doing anything weird. Yeah. So it's fine. Find out whose house you could end up in. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of them post COVID, you're not going into people's houses. I think you're just doing it from your own setup. That was kind of the, I think it was what, the 2008 Obama campaign, certainly 2012, kind of revolutionized that where you could didn't have to go to a place. You could just do it all from your own phone and your own setup. Dan, remember when we had a full-on presidential election during the year that of COVID and the uh, Black Lives Matter revolution over the summer? Um, yeah, and then I do we remember that. went directly into the fall. Remember, 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 remember that. I do, I do remember that. Sometimes I wonder why I feel the way I feel, and then I remember right. what the last like six fucking years have been like, and then I go, right. "Oh, that's why." Right. Yeah. That's why. That's why my brain feels like a bag of marbles. Yeah, that's why like something like 2015 feels like as far away ago as humanly possible. What is a 2015? Well, the funny thing is I have a live-in timer that tells me how long ago 2015 was because that's when the little one was born. Right. And yet uh, I distinctly remember the little one being born. Uh, but if you were to ask me how old the little one was based purely on my memory of him being born, I would say he's probably 35, 40 years old right now. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be fine, you guys. By the time that we record this next week, it'll be happening. No. No, it won't. No, two well, weeks. Two weeks. I mean, elections are already happening. One of the things that I think that as a as a society we need to wrap our heads around is that election day is no longer a day anymore. It's a you know multi week window right. where the earlier, honestly, the better for uh, for candidates and everything like that. So, well, I'll be going right back down to Philadelphia again after that. Then I can be traveling so much. That's so the end of the year, it's going to be relentless. Behalf. It's going to be relentless. It's not good. I have to really, that's why I need I all these I think you need letters. a little relenting. I figured out why my brain is dribbling out my ears. I could figure it out for you too, but please. I don't feel like I deserve to have my brain dribbling out from my ears. That's a problem. Okay. Like I haven't earned it. Oh, yeah. You've definitely not earned it. You've been basically traveling since what? August? Um, July? Uh, March. Yeah. March, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's not Almost. great. I've been somewhere, yeah, like every month. Was it England one, two, four times? No, three. <laughs> I don't know anymore. It's well, fine. 
It's fine. Says guys, who? Let's get that crazy kooky vote out. Is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. That's where every Sunday you get this all over again. If you give it the 5 or $10 a month level and $10 gets you a sticker in the mail. And they're usually really, really good. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that's H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. If you want to join the fan-run Discord server, you could go to tinyurl.com slash Says Who Discord, but whatever you do, spread the word, subscribe, please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, November 2nd. Woo! No. The month of November, Mm. otherwise known as my birthday month, for Uh. our very next episode. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. From a cloud. (laughs) I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. Then just take a deep breath. You feel I'm better? I'm legitimately so stressed out. No, I don't. I just jump from one thing to the next. That's all I do for like 15 hours a day. I'm sorry. It's okay. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs>